Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and I am here, as always, with Evan Etheridge. What's up, Evan? Yes, sir. What's good, man? It's all good over here. Um, got a little bit to talk about this week, Falcons and Braves. Uh, you know, Kind of a mixed week with the Braves. We'll get to them later. But the headliner for this episode is the Atlanta Falcons are 2-0. For the first time since 2017, that was six years ago, and it uh, looks like we're finally seeing a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel as they pick up a very nice win at home against the Green Bay Packers, 25-24, to come from behind win. They were down 24-12 to entering the fourth quarter, scored 13 unanswered, really dominated the fourth, and uh, came out with a kind of nail-biting, exciting, great win, really. So uh, yeah, what were your uh, what are your overall thoughts on the game, how it played out, and uh, yeah, after after we get our overall thoughts, we can get into the nitty gritty. So what did you think about this one? <laughs> man, two and zero. Oh. That sounds really good to me. Um, this was like a phenomenal game. Um, you know, even if you didn't have a, um, a a horse in this race, it was you know a nail biter. Uh, you know, epic comeback in the fourth quarter for Atlanta. Um, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, week one against Carolina, you know, really slow start, uh, some questionable um, offensive play calling um, in the first half. And then uh, in the second half, Ritter just looked more comfortable. Um, they were feeding Bijan a little bit more in the second half. And, um, you know, we get it done. And it was just an epic game. Uh, the defense stepped up when they had to. Um, you know, just clutch, you know, we're used to being on the other side of this where we have a lead and, um, you know, everything seems to kind of collapse, but, um, you know, back-to-back weeks, we've, we've had two comeback wins and feels good, man. feels really good. feels like the culture has shifted a little bit and, uh, yeah, I'm super stoked and I want to hear your thoughts too. Yeah. Like you said, great game. Even if you didn't have a rooting interest, like this game on red zone as a casual family, we were with people that uh, weren't Falcons fans and they were pretty locked in on this game too. I mean, it was just a really, really fun game. And uh, yeah, the Packers had a 90% chance to win this game according to ESPN heading into the fourth quarter. That is some Falcon stuff. Um, We've been at the wrong side of many of the win probability charts and it feels good to see one take a nosedive in red for the Falcons. And um yeah, just a really fun game. You know, the defense, like you said, they made plays when it mattered. They kind of had like a weird starting off great and the middle was kind of rough, but at the back end, they picked it back up. It was kind of like they bookended the game with um, some good defense that really helped them out. The middle middle quarters were kind of rough, but in the first and fourth quarters, zero points. Second and third, 24 for the Packers. So, yeah, they really kind of had a shit sandwich of a defensive game. But, uh, yeah, offense, overall, Bijan, man, he is – just so good. Just another really great game for him. I mean, lit it up, running the ball six and a half yards a carry on 19 carries, 124 yards, and he caught four passes for 48 yards, including play of the game, the fourth down conversion late in the game, the toss to him to uh, get them closer in field goal range and to milk some more time off the clock. And that was the play of the game. I mean, if they don't get that, they probably lose. And, um, you know, kind of a crazy call by Arthur Smith going with a toss. 
when you need one yard. But um, Oswald and Denswell, you kind of you can afford to do those kind of things when you have a guy like Bijan in the backfield that can make guys miss, break a couple tackles, and you know he was. Some guys are dead to rights on that play in the backfield. I mean, guy got there immediately at him, and um, it just doesn't matter when you have that kind of player back there. I see end up getting more than enough for that first down, and uh, yeah, I guess we can kind of just jump into what happened in this game. Um, kind of, kind of buried the lead by with that fourth down conversion, but you know, still just a this nice game, but didn't start off super well. Um, Falcons get a three and not to start the game, but then Desmond Ritter throws his first ever interception in the NFL. I think that I think I saw that was the uh, fifth fifth most um, pass attempts to start a career without a pick that he had going. So kind of a impressive streak. He was definitely due for a pick, and he threw a pretty bad one to Rasul Douglas. Um, but still, Falcons get another three and not the very next drive, as you know the defense was really good early. Like I said, then a 15, 15 play drive that ends in a field goal it was kind of rough, as a drive really stalled out at the one yard line as they kind of got away from the run game when uh probably shouldn't have and they ended up having to kick a field goal. So what were your thoughts on just the opening few drives, the stall out of the field goal drive and the Desmond pick and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. To start the game, defense looked really good. Getting pressure on Jordan Love, um, making him scramble up the pocket a little bit was was really nice to see. Um but yeah, we'll talk about that drive now. Um, you know, we get inside the five and we had six plays from the one yard line after a pass interference call. Um and we don't get in. Um, you know, we passed. We, we just got, honestly, I think, too cute with it. I mean, when you have Algier and you have Bijan, if you hand the ball off four times in a row and they stop you, you just you clap your hands and say, you, wow. Yeah, tip your cap, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, I don't know what Arthur Smith was doing there. Like, uh, I was just screaming at my TV. Um yeah, I, I, I really don't understand. I still don't get it. I don't know if he talked about it after the game or not, but um, yeah, I'd be, I'd definitely be hitting him with a, with a couple questions about that drive because, um, you know, there's a reason you draft Bijan. There's a reason Algier, you know, averaged five yards carry last year. So um, I don't get it, but uh, you know, it turned out, it turned out fine. We know this, but uh, definitely could have gotten off to a better start right there. Yeah, this is like, this is how the, drive stalled out so they have second and one at the green bay two and then it's a defensive pass interference so it's first and goal at the one incomplete to pits then they do give the ball to Bijan one time and it's for no gain then incomplete to johnny smith five yard fall start and then that was fourth downs and then kubik the field goal so yeah only one run play um you know and you know, with ritter who has kind of in both games taken a little bit to get settled in I, you just got to run the ball there. Um, didn't end up killing them because they ended up winning the game, but definitely something in the moment that uh, seemed like it come back and bite the Falcons. Um, but they do end up scoring a touchdown um, later on, but the Packers do get one in between to make it 7-3, to three, and they get a field goal to make it 10-3. to three, And then um, Atlanta's next touchdown drive was a Drake London catch, who had zero last week on one target. He had a much better game this week. Um, you know, it was actually kind of like a bit of a security blanket at times for – Desmond Ritter, who does miss the extra point? So it's 10 to 9 at halftime, which uh you don't like that either from Ku missing the extra point. Um, but out of the second half, Packers score a touchdown first, uh, make it 17 to 9. And then we had another bit of controversy on the next Falcons yard that ended in a field goal, as looks like the Falcons score a touchdown with Matt Collins having a toe touch in the back of the end zone. 
They ruled a touchdown on the field. It gets overturned. Kind of a weird ruling there because um, they're saying that his heels landed out of bounds, even though his toes landed in. Kind of a ticky-tack call there to overturn that, um, and they end up having to kick a field goal instead of having seven points. So what were your thoughts on that play? Because that was another one. It was like, he's going to come back to bite us. I know it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was so close. Um, I, I don't think his right heel touched the ground. Uh, I think it was just a question of did the left one touch the ground. And, you know, with them calling it a touchdown on the field, I'm not sure how you can overturn that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I do get it. You know, it was really close. Um, and, and unfortunately for the Falcons, they, they were not on the right end of this one. But, uh, yeah, this one was kind of a bummer. Yeah, in the moment, you kind of thought that um, there wasn't enough to overturn it, but that wasn't the case as a touchdown was off the board. And then after that, I mean, that was uh, that was on first down, so they still had a chance to score, and the drive totally stalled out. They didn't even get another yard. Ended up being a fourth and 13. Ku hits the field goal to make it 17-12. to 12. And then the next drive on four plays, the Packers just go down the field um, and uh, score to make it 24-12. to 12. 78-yard drive on four plays as a huge defensive pass interference on Trey Flowers really gave them a huge chunk of that for 43 of the yards. Falcons had a couple of big defensive pass interferences that resulted in a lot of yards. But, yeah, at this point, um, you know, Packers score with three minutes left or with one minute left rather and the uh and the third and just 24 to 12 what, what was what was your headspace at this time did you think uh do you think it was over did you think there was a chance did you think were you just neutral I don't really know how to feel because they haven't been in the situation at this year I was just kind of waiting and seeing but uh yeah kind of um interesting spot to be in with a quarter left to go yeah yeah down 12 heading to the fourth um you know I think heading into the year and and really heading into week two, the biggest question mark for the Falcons was Desmond Ritter, um, you know, and, and game flow. When when we're down, does Ritter have the capability to pass his way back into back into the game? And 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 you know, up to this point, it's 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 a hell no. I mean, it's <laughs> it's no, it, you know. So feeling very if you, I, I didn't think we were completely out of it. By any means, um, you know, with our defense uh, being able to turn it on in an instant, I, th- I thought that um, you know it was definitely possible. But but the question mark was Ritter, so I was really looking for a big quarter out of him. You know, uh, me and some of the guys in the room looked at each other and we were like, you know, this is this is this is going to answer our our our, our doubts uh, one way or the other. So um, you know, you know, as as it as it unfolds, we'll we'll see. So. Uh, yeah. Well, what about you? What, what were you thinking heading to the fourth? Yeah, I was just I was just kind of in wait and see mode. Um, yeah, I just didn't know what to expect. Like they haven't been in the situation yet this year. It's only game two. I knew they they had the potential to do it, but um, you know, they kind of they didn't have to be perfect necessarily, but they had to be pretty close to it. I mean, you're down twelve with a with a uh, only a quarter to go with an inexperienced QB and um, a Packers team that's not bad by any means. So it was definitely an uphill battle. Like I said, they only had a 10% chance to even win the game heading into the fourth. And um, yeah, the fourth, I'm just, I'm looking at the play-by-play chart now and I didn't notice this in the moment, but the Packers did not have a first down in the fourth quarter. They ran 10 plays. They went three and out, three and out, turnover on downs with four plays. They had, what is it, seven yards in the fourth quarter. 
that is kind of insane. <laughs> they had zero yards on their drive to uh, ch- with a chance to win the game. Um, yeah, so the, the defense stepped up in a big way. The Falcons scored the first touchdown in the fourth. Um, Desmond Ritter on a read option play, a really nice read option play. He uh, gets a rushing touchdown. He had a few plays with his legs in the fourth that uh, turned out to be pretty big. Then three and out um, for the Falcons or for the Packers uh, with only two yards for the Packers right there. Then they kick a field goal. Um, you know, in the moment here, we're kind of decided, like there was eight minutes left and uh, fourth and seven. Um, I kind of wouldn't have hated if he actually went for it there just because, you know, there's there's still eight minutes left, but you still have a chance to go up. You don't know how the rest of the game is going to go, but they'd like to kick the field goal and uh, go down by two. But uh, yeah, with hindsight, it was the correct call because three and out the very next drive for the Packers. And then the Falcons have a pretty crazy 12 play 66 yard drive. Like we mentioned, the um, Bijan Robinson fourth and one toss, which was awesome. Um, you know, going for it, they're at the Packers 23 yard line. So they could have kicked the field goal, gone up, but that was before the two minute warning. And I think the Packers had two timeouts. So, um, you know, they had a chance to drive the ball down. But on the other end, with the Falcons, you could say, if you don't get it, uh, we have three timeouts of our own and the two minute warning. We can get a stop. But they got it. They end up kicking the field goal. They had actually another chance to go for it on fourth down to like to actually end the game. They didn't do that one. That was also a fourth and one. They ended up kicking it there uh, to go up twenty five to twenty four. So yeah, what were your th- overall thoughts on that drive? I mean, Ritter had some some good passes. Um, one to Hollins. You know, Bijan had some plays. Uh, Algier had a couple of carries, even though he didn't, didn't he didn't have a great game. But um, yeah, awesome drive and uh, that fourth and one play that. But they're probably the play of the year so far, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that 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 play took some balls, man. Um, yeah. You know, overall on the drive, I, th- I thought Ritter looked very comfortable in the moment. Um, you know, he was on the s- sidelines like like super hype, communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he sounds very, he's very poised, he's very, you know, in the moment, and and that's what you love to see. Um, he's gaining drive, confidence. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, get like I said, game one, like he was gaining confidence as the game went on. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he's just going to get more and more comfortable. Um, I, I really like to see him use his legs a little bit more because when he does, he has the ability to extend plays, roll out, you know, and 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 really just, you know, run if he needs to. And that's, you know, that unlocks another dimension of this offense that, um, you know, can't be taught or anything like that. So, um, yeah, this drive, you know, going for it on, on that first fourth down play with Bijan, um, the pitch was a very questionable call. <laughs> um, pitching in the backfield because like you said the defender the defender was there he, yeah he was absolutely in position to make the play and 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 that Bijan that move where he just sticks that right leg straight into the turf and and I mean it's disgusting uh, I, I can't count how many times he's he's done that and and the defender is just you know frozen you know um, it, it was a sick play uh, you know because because really our line was beat they were in position and, and Bijan just one of the best running backs in the league already. And and he just yeah, stepped he really in. Is, yeah. It's unbelievable. He has another gear when he has the ball in his hand. So yeah, getting that first down, you know, making green Bay burn their timeouts, getting past the two minute warning. That was a huge deal. And, you know, when we had that uh, next opportunity on fourth down, you could tell Arthur Smith really wanted to go for that. Um, yeah. Like and I, they, I, I <laughs> that one, that one would just been a that might have just been a step too far. Like this, the first <laughs> one was super aggressive in its own right because they were firmly in field goal range. 
Yeah. Um, but that was just strictly the milk clock. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, it, and um, you yeah, could like tell, this, you could tell, man. Like they kept putting the camera on his face. Yeah, and, and he was just like, like. And then I... he saw something pre-snap where he made that weird face that already became a huge meme with all the Falcons fans. Like he saw something, and I think he saw. I don't know if it was a linebacker or what for the Packers ended up in the backfield. But he might have saw where he was lined up, and they had no answer for him. And I think he might have saw that pre-snap, and it ended up happening. But Bijan just said, uh, "Not's cool, man. Yeah, you gotta worry about that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that really scared me. And and then the fact that he pitched the ball back to uh, to Bijan was even you know even worse. Yeah. I don't know. Super scared. But it's the but last thing cool. you want running a pitch toss play like that is anyone that far into the backfield like immediately. And that's what <laughs> happened. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, I, I forgot to mention um, in the Packers, uh, was this their second drive or their their first drive of the um, no, it was the second drive. Uh, they had fourth and one at their own 34 and they lined up like they're going to go for it. And Jordan Love had one of the funnier false starts of all time where he went to dive for the first down and he didn't have the ball because the center didn't snap it to him. Um, that was actually a huge play because it pushed him back, made him punt. But that was that was kind of crazy on Green Bay's part. They were, they were at their own 34 when that happened, um, yeah. and they were going to go for it. So uh, that was kind of crazy, too. That was another wrinkle of just how uh, things were just going well for the Falcons in the fourth quarter. Um, but, yeah, what did you think about that play? Because that was just so funny. He just, like, kind of went on top of his lineman with no football, and uh, he re- it took him a minute to realize he didn't have the ball. <laughs> so Yeah, he looked drunk out there, to be honest with you. Yeah. Absolutely stumbling over his player. I, you know, if they were actually going for that, that's insane. Like, I know it's yeah. less than a foot, but, like, on your own 34, um, in a tight game like that, you don't want to give Atlanta any momentum. Uh, it was just absolutely crazy. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, back back to the – you know, after we convert on that on, on that fourth down, it was uh, I don't know, man. I, I I love the option to kick it just because your defense had had stopped Green Bay. You know, you know they, yeah. they had seven yards that that entire quarter. So I love I love the option just kicking the field goal, going up and trusting your defense because, um, you know, as it turned out, it, it worked out perfectly. Yeah, at that point there was fifty seven seconds left. The Packers had no timeouts and um. They did nothing. Uh, incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. Then on fourth down, it looked like they got the the um the first down for a second. Uh, but uh, there was a um what was that flag that was a legal shift? It's calling the Packers, and that would have brought it back to a fourth and fifteen. But they went and reviewed the catch, saw that it was not a catch; it was incomplete. And um, Falcons were able to decline the penalty, and the game was over. So that worked out perfect pretty much either way was a win it would would have either been ball game or fourth and 15 with uh 40 seconds left at the falcons 25 or atlanta 35 so the falcons were in a great spot there and they i mean the the defense man was just so good packers could get nothing jordan love was just helpless out there and that's a guy that uh played pretty well last week and played pretty good through three quarters today or yesterday and um yeah, just a super nice win, man. I mean, this is not what I, I'm not used to. This. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, couldn't ask for a better start. Um, I I read this thing. It said that teams that are are two and zero are sixty four or I'm sorry, sixty eight point one percent of the time make the playoffs. So just 
unbelievable, you know, stat there starting two and zero. I know uh, the Bucks have gotten off to a good start. They're two and zero with Baker Mayfield, and you know, Saints Panthers are going at it right now. Yeah, I'm about to football. look at that score. Oh, they're having yeah, so. these games that are so terrible. By the way, um, <laughs> right now the Saints are winning thirteen to nine with uh, how much time's left? I think there's only like three minutes left. Yeah, three minutes. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah, you, you could have, um, you know, statistically speaking, uh, the NFC South and the NFC Beast, the best two divisions in football. <laughs> that is the question. This is what we all predicted preseason. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it looks like the Saints are probably going to go two and go go two and zero because they have the ball in this game too. Um, so yeah, we'll have a three way tie at the top. Uh, but yeah, I was about to say sixty eight percent is high already. Um, but with this division, I'd be higher. But I mean, three two and zero teams. It looks like there's going to be a bit of a dogfight um, for the division. So we'll see. We'll see how like the Bucks age. I don't know. I mean, Baker he's played pretty well, but. I don't know if I could play by them or the Saints, but I'm sure their fans are saying the same thing about us, even though personally, uh, my non-biased opinion is that uh, we're better, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, like as far as stats go in this game and just individual performances, Ritter, he was pretty good. Put up more numbers the last week, had 237 yards, threw the ball 32 times, 19 completions, a touchdown and one pick, um, only took one sack. So uh, he was fine. I mean, like you said, fourth quarter was really good. He was poised, didn't make any mistakes, did what he had to do, had the nice rushing touchdown too, which he had 10 rushing attempts in this game, which, uh, you know, didn't wasn't going crazy. He only had 39 yards, but there were some of them were pretty timely. So um, what, were, what were your overall thoughts on Ritter's performance? Yeah, yeah, like I said, he, he, he just got more confident as the game went on, started using his legs more, uh, making some big passes. Drake London looked a lot better, um, you know, and, and the Packers have a legit defense. Jair Alexander, you know, a couple other guys, um, you know, I, I thought I thought Ritter played really well um, and, and he managed well. You know, he threw that pick early, uh, really settled down after that and, and just, you know, kept kept the team in it. And, and that's all you could ask for. Um, came up clutch when it counted. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm super stoked, man. And, and you know, he's just going to get more confidence. The city's going to get behind him, and uh, yeah, good, just fantastic stuff going on, man. Yeah, I mean, he 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 was good. He was perfectly fine. You know, the one pick early wasn't good, but uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, he like he did his job. He did his job. Did what he had to do to get the win. And we talked about Bijan already. He was awesome again. Um, Algier was not as good as uh, he was last week. Sixteen carries for forty-eight yards, only three yards a carry. He was uh. Just wasn't getting um just wasn't breaking through as much as he was last week. He was really getting stalled out at the line, it seemed like. Um still Bijan like more than overcompensated for uh Algier. Um and receivers, we already mentioned Drake London. He was he was very very I would say very good, but very good compared to last week of six catches for sixty seven yards and a touchdown. All three of those led receivers. Um Matt Collins had some big catches down the stretch and we didn't mention the big Matt Collins catch in the fourth quarter where uh, it was a bomb Ritter underthrew it, but he came back and just reached over a bit of a moss there for Matt Collins. That was a, that was a pretty big play. Um, Johnny Smith had some action four catches, 47 yards um, and Kyle Pitts kind of quiet two catches for 15 yards. Um, he's kind of had quiet start to the season. Um, so maybe they can get that sorted out, but uh, yeah, anything else stand out for you 
among uh, just individual performances? Um, not particularly. I'd say, you know, defense-wise, only having one sack is kind of concerning after having two uh, last week. So um, looking for a little bit more pressure. I know the pressure was there. We just got to, um, you know, get a couple more, uh, you know, execute on the sacks a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Drake Drake London was much better. Uh, Matt Collins was, was, was there, too. I know he had a drop or two. Um, but yeah, really having having that clutch flea flicker uh, down the stretch was huge. You know, big big strong guy. Um, yeah, Bijan was incredible. I mean, you can't say enough about him. And uh, yeah, just overall, you know, fantastic team win. Yep, it it was. And uh, we can look ahead to next week a little bit. Now they go on the road for the first time uh, this season against the Lions. Uh, right now, I'm looking at the odds. The Lions have opened up as a three and a half point favorite. So uh, I think the Falcons actually ended up being favorited, favorited in the game um, with uh, the injuries of Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, which did, did play a factor. Those are two of the Packers' bigger weapons that were out. But uh, Falcons are still without Cordero Patterson this week. No Jeff Akuda still. Um, so Falcons had injuries of their own, and I think both of those guys have a chance to play in Detroit this weekend, which would be huge. huge. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about this Lions game coming up? Um, you know, the Lions, they beat the Chiefs week one, but they lost to the Seahawks at home yesterday. So uh, they're a good team. They're a team that has a lot of ha- hype going into this season. So uh, how do you how do you think the Falcons will uh, fare against them? Yeah, they're a good team. Um, they're a fun team. Uh, very explosive on offense. Uh, the defense is still a little bit of a question mark. Um, I know uh, Seattle just put up 37 on them. And then, you know, week one, Chiefs put up 20, but they didn't have um, – they didn't have Kelsey, and Kelsey's yeah. a big part of that offense. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking to score some points, get the run game going. Uh, you know, yesterday, Kenneth Walker had two tutties. Um, you know, the, the Seahawks really didn't run the ball all that much. Uh, Geno Smith attacked him through the air and had over 300 yards. So, you know, maybe Ritter can open up the the, the passing game a little bit and, uh, you know, try, try to attack him that way. Um, but, yeah, the lines are good. They're good at home. Um and so this is going to be another big test. You know, we said we said this last week with Green Bay. Um, we, we knew Jordan Love was going to be, you know, legit. He threw for three touchdowns, one of only three quarterbacks week one uh, to throw for three. And, uh, you know, bring him in Atlanta, um, you know, shut him down in the fourth quarter when it mattered. I, I think, um, you know, I think we're up for the task next week. I think it's going to be an excellent game. Um, I, I think every single game the Falcons play this year is going to be a one-score game. Um, yeah. That's just what we do. We're gonna give you twenty five points, and um, you know if you can if you can get more than that, then then you you probably have a chance beating us. So um, yeah. it's it's gonna be close. You know that that's just the way Arthur Smith plays calls plays. You know we're not gonna go up too much through the air. We're gonna run the ball, try to try to keep the game flow within within reach, and um, you know, try to clutch up in the fourth. So that that seems to be the way. Yeah, for sure, and um. Yeah, with the Lions doing their defense, I saw today that uh, they believe that C.J. Gardner-Johnson tore his peck against the Seahawks. So uh, he's a veteran presence in that um, secondary for them. And he's also been like a kind of a menace to the Falcons in his career uh, with his time with the Saints and the Eagles. So um, that's that's a big loss for them. He's one of their uh, guys on defense. I think they got him this offseason. So I think it was one of their bigger um, acquisitions. So, yeah, another exciting game coming up. We were excited for this Packers one, lived up to the hype. Um, we'll see how they fare on the road. Both teams have been at home so far in the bins. Um, Desmond Ritter 
Have you seen the stat? He has not lost a home game since his senior year of high school. He does not lose at home, so we'll see how he looks on the road. Um, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's. I think that we covered it all with these dirty birds. As um, it's been, this is the most positive, most optimistic I've been about the Falcons since, I guess, twenty seventeen, when they were two and out to start that year, and they went to the playoffs that year. So uh, yeah, if they win next week, it's going to be full blown. Like this team is for real. And then expectations will follow, and that's usually where things uh, go downhill. But maybe they're different. We'll see. But uh, yeah, you got any final thoughts on these Falcons? Um, I just want to say I called it. That's all I want to say. I called it. Um, <laughs> you know, eleven and six is my prediction. I think, I think they're going to do that. And um, you know, they're on pace I, for I, seventeen wins. So you might be wrong, actually. Yeah, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, the division. I didn't expect to be this good, um, but you know we're yeah. only two weeks in. Um, I, I think I do think the Bucks will level out. I think I think the Saints really just have an easy schedule. They could take advantage of it, but uh, I don't think they're that good. I don't think they're that good at all. So um, it's it's going to be a, a it's going to be fun all year long. So competitive uh, in the South, and uh, yeah, man, them, them dirty birds are two and zero, baby. They sure are. They sure are. Vibes are high. And yeah, by the way, the Saints just scored again on the Panthers, so they're going to win and be 2 0. So for sure, you got three 2 0 teams, the NFC South. It's going to be a bloodbath. So uh, yeah, but good win all around, good vibes with the Falcons. And now we move on to the Braves. And uh, you know, if you would have told me about a month ago when the Falcons would be playing football and the Braves would still be playing baseball, that the Falcons would have the good vibes and the Braves wouldn't, probably wouldn't have believed you. But uh, the Braves didn't have a good weekend, even though they did win the division um, last, was that Tuesday night, Wednesday night, whatever it was. Um, so a bit of a hangover series. They also lost tonight against the Phillies. They have really just getting their got their doors blown off for four games in a row now. They've given up, uh, let's see, nine runs, 11 runs, 16 runs, and then seven runs tonight. Um, but let's save that for the end. Let's talk about they won the division. <laughs> They won the division, um, beat the Phillies four to one to clinch their sixth straight in at least title. Uh, that Philly series they played last week was actually kind of crazy. Um, game three of that one was wild. Rysel Iglesias, uh, gave up a game tying home run to Trey Turner, end up giving up a couple more base runners and getting out of it. And then the Braves come back in the 10, score a run on an Eddie Rosario single. And then Brad Hand gets the save, which oof, he ended up uh, – he was good that night because he had two lefties to face. But then they brought him in Friday against the Marlins with a bunch of righties, and he is pretty much batting practice against righties. Um, but, yeah, they win uh, game game four to win the division pretty soundly, four to one. Strider was awesome in this start. Gave up a run in the first, but settled in in a huge way. Ends up going seven innings pitched, one earned run, nine Ks two walks and four hits. I believe he had to throw like 35 pitches in the first inning. And then uh, he ends up throwing 110, but he really settled in nice. So, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on the, I guess, I guess the Philly series as a whole and just winning the division. I mean, we're kind of taking it for granted because they've done it so much and we've known for so long, they're going to win the division, but um, it's really cool. Still every time it's cool watching them celebrate with the champagne and all that. It's um, it's an awesome accomplishment every year. And uh, yeah, six times in a row. That is not something that happens all the time. So, what are your what are your thoughts on just uh, 
the division and that Philly series. Yeah, it's almost becoming an annual thing. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, like you said, we knew we knew they were going to win it. It was just a matter of time of of when and where. Um, you know, they end up doing it in Philly, and man, that felt good. That felt really good yeah. to hear the news, um, especially after getting uh, you know beat out last year in the playoffs in Philly. Um, yeah, this, this you know phenomenal start here from Spencer Strider. Uh, he has a record of six and zero with an ERA of 156, 61 strikeouts in seven appearances against the Phillies in his career, not including the postseason, of course, uh, regular season only. But uh, yeah, the Braves clinched their division before any other team in baseball secured a spot in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> let that sink in, man. Um, pretty pretty crazy stuff. Uh, that's how good they are. But uh, yeah, I you know. That, that, that feels like it happened so long ago because, um, I don't know, what, what's what's been going on with the Braves lately, huh? Yeah, they they seem to have been hungover for five days now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. I do want to mention real quick, I'm looking at the, just the NLE's history on Wikipedia, and the Braves have won the last since, – since the NL East was these five teams that started in 1995 – the Braves have won, let's see, 18 then at least championships. <laughs> and that is how many years? What is 1995? That's Seven. 28 years ago. Something, yeah. Tw- yeah, 28 years ago. So 18 out of 28 they've won since 1995. That's insane. Um, they always had their huge run in the 90s and 2000s where they won it pretty much every year. And they're just kind of doing that again. And uh, like you say, clinching in Philly was nice. Um, doing it in front of their fans. I guess if you can't do it at home, would have been best to do it like in Philly or New York or something in front of one of those two fan bases. But uh, yeah, since then things have been rough. Um, you know, game one I mentioned Brad Hand uh, had a real blow up. Um, you know, uh, Bryce Elder wasn't very good in this one either. The bullpen just has been really bad. Really, the the Philly series they were bad. Bryce Iglesias had. Um, a rough time. Joe Jimenez was bad in that series too. And those two guys that were really on hot streaks. Um, so I guess there's getting out of the way now, I hope at least, but yeah, Brad hand, he was the, uh, he was public enemy number one on Friday night. Um, I do want to pull up his splits real quick, just to give an idea of how drastic they are um, on both sides. So against righties, the righties against Brad hand, have a 979 OPS. That is, that's like an MVP. <laughs> I, I'm about to look up some OPS that are similar. I think like Freddie has the same OPS. Yeah, Freddie has a 984. So righties against Brad Hand are Freddie Freeman, <laughs> which is not what you want, but against lefties, 529 OPS. So it is like one of the most drastic splits you will ever see with a pitcher. Um, and uh, Dylan Lee is on the 60 day IL now that happened this week, so he is the second lefty in the bullpen behind AJ Minter. Which, uh, you know, if you have lefties, I feel fine with it, but if he has to face righties, I'm not gonna have a ton of confidence. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts on that development? What are your thoughts on the bullpen as a whole? I mean, Iglesias was really bad against in that Philly series, and him and Minter. That night, we're both working on their third day in a row, which I do not. I know they're trying to win the division in that series, and they're really trying to win those games. But at this point in the season, 
I don't think anybody should be pitching three days in a row anymore. So they're probably fatigued too. Um, but uh, yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on the bullpen? Because they've had they've had a rough week and a half now, I guess. Yeah, the the Braves the Braves look hungover. The bullpen yeah. looks drunk. Um, yeah, not, you know, I don't really care. Because, I don't either. It is like know. I don't think it actually matters, but it is just. I guess you you do need to worry about the lefties in the bullpen. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do. Um, you know, Brad Hand is not a guy that you have a lot of confidence in, especially coming out of the bullpen in the playoffs. Um, yeah, that that's a little scary. I don't know what they're yeah. going to do. There. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I kind of put the Braves in the back of my mind this week, like. I did no. too. I barely watched any of that Marlins series. Yeah, I did. I didn't. I didn't watch any of it actually. So, um, <laughs> I just. I don't know. I, you know, football's back. They they clinched this the division. I think just, um, you know, at, at this point you're just going for a lot of individual stats. You know, Olson, you know, breaking the the, the franchise record. We didn't even talk about that, which is crazy. Uh, broke broke the franchise record. Yeah, uh, he did. You know, Acuna gets a little banged up. So, really, you just want to keep these guys healthy. You know, let them get their their, their stats up. That's all cool. Just just stay in the motion. You know, I like you said, three days in a row is is a little much, especially right now. Yeah, everybody should not get, be doing that. Just get rest up. Um, but but you know, keep going through the motions. And and I think within the last uh you know week or so, you know, against the Cubs, I th- I think you need to start ramping it back up. Um, I know we have like a four day break when the season ends, but you, you need to be you need to be still trying and, and playing some baseball. I mean, I know these guys aren't just playing their bats down when they get up there, but um, but yeah, I, I I give them this week and 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 you know next week let's or, or or this week let's let's start getting back into the rhythm of things. Um, I I honestly think they're a little hungover and just you know yeah honestly just taking a little bit of time off. I know I know Snickers probably not as uh, you know, stiff on them, get to the ballpark on time and, and stuff like that. So, you know, that's all cool. They, they deserve that. They've worked super hard and they're insane. But, um, yeah, what you know, what do you think? Yeah, like you said, it's nothing to actually worry about. I mean, like the games itself, don't worry about those. I mean, Dylan Lee getting hurt and then that little hiccup with Acuna was definitely scary. I think everyone's minds kind of went to at least went for a second tourist case scenario because of his history in that ballpark and – uh yeah, by the way, about the Cunha thing, I love Ronald, and I love that he wants to play every day. But he said that he tweaked it in the outfield and then went to hit, too. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> do not do that. He should have said immediately, hey, I felt a little cramp, whatever, in my calf. Let's get me out of this game. They were losing at that point um, by, by, like, five runs, I think. It was late in the game. He went up, took another bat, ground for double play, and then, you know, kind of felt it again, ran down the baseline, like – Let's not do that at all. He ended yeah. up not playing the next two games. He played tonight and he looked he looked normal. So it, it was nothing serious. But um yeah, you don't love that at all. Uh and then yeah, the pitching was just bad. And um, you know, I guess you kind of worry about like Elder and Morton or just their inconsistencies, but like I mean, they kind of ran like they're kind of running into like bad opponents to play when you're not putting your foot to the floor. The Marlins and Phillies have a lot to play for still. Yeah. And you could see that with the Marlins. Like they like they kind of have to win every game at this point in the season. And you could tell. Like they were hyped. I know the Jazz hit two grand slams and um they're going crazy with the with the big hits that they had. And um 
Yeah, I was to a po- podcast earlier today. It's a baseball podcast. They're not a Braves podcast, but they're like, what a stroke of luck for the Marlins getting like how, how the Braves have played the Marlins all year, getting them at this point was just excellent scheduling for them. And I guess kind of for the Phillies too, um, after how tonight went. But um, yeah, like the Marlins really needed to sweep and they did. So uh, good for them, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm not worried about the r- results. I mean, I guess if the Braves lose the next year to the Philly, I guess I'll be kind of worried a little bit that, you know, if they lose six in a row, I mean, but it still really won't even matter that much. So, um, yeah, you know, just stay healthy. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, win a, win a few more games at least. Like, get get to, like, 102, 103 wins. Make sure you lock up that one seed, um, which I, they have, like, a four or five game lead on still, even with losing today. They have the tiebreaker over the Dodgers. They have the tie. This is kind of big picture, but they have tiebreakers over the Orioles and the Rays, who have the two best records of the AL. So, if they end up locking up with them in the World Series, they have the tiebreakers over them for um, home field and that too. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's really all that they have to play for. Like you said, we should we should stop and smell the roses a bit with Matt Olson. He is the Braves franchise home run leader, and uh, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's just just an awesome season, and uh, fifty-two home runs is video game stuff. Um, you know, when you play on the same franchise as Hank Aaron and Chipper Jones and Dale Murphy, and you have the home run record, it's a kind of a crazy accomplishment. Um, so that's pretty cool for him. Um, if you got any thoughts on that, he kind of kind of sucked. It was kind of very low low stakes, and they were losing the game when he hit the homer. I think he actually tied the game, but they ended up just getting blown out after. Um, do you have any thoughts on Olsen doing that? I mean, it's really cool. You know, I feel like if he did it at home, it would be a bigger deal. But in Lone Depot Park, it just didn't have the same <laughs> feel to it. Yeah, no, it, it really didn't, man. <laughs> Talking about two, two teams in, in completely different places, you know, the Marlins are, are are in the middle of a insane battle for the wild card spot. I mean, I think there's five mm-hmm. teams, there's five or six teams going for it right now. So yeah, uh, you know, they're they're balls to the wall. They're trying as hard as they can. So are the Phillies. So. Uh, you know, the Braves are kind of on chill mode. They don't really care, I, I feel like. But, um, you know, I, I, I love it for Olsen going up there just trying to hit bombs and uh, just go for that record. Um, yeah. But yeah what, what, what an insane year Matt Olsen is having. Uh, he's batting 279. It's, it's silly. 610 slugging, a 996 OPS. Um, just insane stuff. I mean, he he's probably winning the MVP if – if Ronald Acuna Jr. is not on the same team as him. Yeah, he's having um, a bad year to have his best year ever for MVP purposes. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. I mean, you go up and down this lineup and and you know I mean, if you would have if you would have sent me this screenshot of, of of the statistics that I'm looking at right now uh before the season, I would have told you this team I would have told you the exact team uh they they would be in the exact same position uh, yeah. now, you know. They they probably to just blew the NLEs out of the water, and and that's exactly they what they did. Yeah. They're, they're insane, and uh, yeah, I I I just want to fast forward to October. I I, I think the next couple. Yeah, of weeks- it it yeah I do too. I I do just because of just um wanting to care care again about games and just uh health wise, like just get these guys to October in one piece, yeah. and they should. They have. Like Acuna, I think like I think they said that uh, if they weren't in Miami, he was going to play those next two games. They still want him on that turf out there. Like still, yeah. But I think even if they weren't, if they were at home and that happened, 
he should like give him two days off. I know he wanted to play in all 162, but there's a, there's a bigger picture here. I think they should probably give him one or two games off for these next two weeks also. Put him a DH for a game or two. Same with like Matt Olson. He's the only guy that's played every game still. Let Matt Olson have a game at DH. Put Ozuna at first base for a game. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, how, let's, get, let's get weird. Get, yeah, get weird. I know Ozuna has been working with Wash with a first baseman throughout the season. Like, let's see what he's got. <laughs> put, <laughs> let, let, let Matt DH for a game or two. Um, yeah, one thing on Matt Olson, his last 14 games, he said nine home runs, nine walks, and only six strikeouts. So he has been so locked in. He's batting over 400 in that span, too. Yeah, crazy year for him. Um, yeah, Acuna was good this week too. He is uh three away from 40 40. That's the thing that I care about the most in these next few weeks is 40 40. He needs to get there. I think he will. They have uh seven games against the Nationals, and I think he might hit three in those seven games alone because the Nationals do not have a very good pitching staff. So, um, I think, yeah, you can really pad some stats like Acuna 40 70 is within reach. Um, you know, Michael Harris is on an absolute tear right now. He he might get to 20 homers, which is kind of crazy. He's at 18, or C is at 17. Um, Ozuna hit a homer yesterday, and the Braves were the first team ever to have four guys with 35 homers. That's uh that's wild. Um, yeah. Speaking of wild seasons, Marcelo Zuna. I feel like we end up doing this every podcast. We just like look at the numbers, like God, like this is insane. <laughs> <laughs> and we're even saying this on a four-game losing streak. Um. So, uh, yeah, I guess one last thing we should talk about. Kyle Wright was not very good again tonight. He might just not be a thing in October. Maybe he's going to have a couple more starts, and if he looks good, maybe they put him in like a long man role in the bullpen because another guy that's been bad in the bullpen is Michael Tonkin. Um, You know, he's been a cool story this year, but he's kind of uh, fell off the deep end lately. He gave up some really long home runs tonight to Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber hit one over the chop house tonight, 483 feet. Wow. So, uh, yeah, the Phillies kind of ran wild on us tonight, but still they are 96 and 54. They, uh, they're good. They're fine. Um, yeah. Stay healthy, you know, don't get, uh, too complacent, I guess. I know they're still trying out there, but you know, it's a combination of them. They're just not playing very good. And the foot, their footage is off the pedal in a big way. So, uh, yeah. Do you got any final thoughts? It just kind of – it kind of sucks. These next two weeks, talking about the Braves, is going to suck. Until Acuna gets 40-40. I guess that will be something fun to talk about, but there's just nothing really. Yeah, it's dead, man. It's super dead. I I, I don't really have the same drive to watch him right now. I just I, – like I said, I want to fast forward. They don't have the same drive to play. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I mean, I can't imagine how they're feeling right now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just let's just get to the national series and and just let's just have a mutual agreement with them that that let's just hit some bombs and um yeah just have some fun like yeah uh, yeah I mean I don't know I I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I probably won't tune in too much to them um but I'll definitely keep up with them I'll I'll have uh, notifications on for for scoring plays and stuff and just you know just just really hoping for some individual um accomplishments hopefully Kyle Wright can figure it out like you said he'll probably get two more starts. Yeah, um, October. So, um, yeah, look, looking for him to figure some things out, and you know, just just keep resting those guys every every six days is probably appropriate for uh, the starters. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, just just get through these next two weeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they got 12 games left. Yep, four against the Nationals this weekend. So uh, in Washington, and it's actually crazy. This is the first time we played in Washington since opening weekend, which is just insane. It's just kind of a quirk of the new schedule of not playing uh, your division opponents as much. So they pretty much went like the entire season. Like it's just they played them at the very beginning and very end. It's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, four games in Washington. <clears throat> and then speaking of games where teams will be trying, they got the Cubs in Atlanta for three. The Cubs will be balls to the walls in that series, and they finish it out with the Nationals. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Dylan Lee thing sucks. I guess that's the new stuff. Jesse Chavez is doing rehab assignments. And I think Nick Anderson is doing rehab assignment this week. So uh, maybe those guys can get going. Maybe they can factor into playoff baseball. Um, and, yeah, we'll see with Kyle Wright. Uh, also, Max Freed not pitching against the Phillies this week uh, as they pushed him back to um, the Washington series as he was, like, forming a blister, I think, and they just wanted to give him a little extra time to uh, let that heal. So, yeah, that's that's all fine with me. Push guys back as much as you can. Let them have some breathing room in between starts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's the calm before the storm. I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to, when I do watch Braves games these next weeks, I'm going to try to appreciate just watching a baseball game without having my heart in my throat. <laughs> so yes. I think you should do the same. <laughs> yeah. It, it might feel nice, you know, because it's not really going to feel that way for a whole month. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. The calm before the storm. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, and it's a very long calm as they have like, I guess uh, counting those Marlins games, like 16 games of um, no stakes baseball, really, before playoff baseball. So, uh, yeah, I think we covered it all on this one. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. For, we got uh, uh, to do our segment, man. Our segment. Good call. I completely forgot. We got we got so bored with the Braves read to our segment. Uh, you're up. You got first dibs this week. So who's your Jack Peterson of the week? Thanks for catching up. <laughs> Jack Peterson of the week. Easy. 1-1. One, one, B. John Robinson. Yeah. Not I, a mean, feeling. I mean, come on now. He he was a monster uh, against Green Bay. 19 carries for 124 yards, four receptions, 48 yards. And the man had to play the game with the fourth down conversion to seal the win. Just uh, Just an insane – generational talent i mean he's he honestly might be the best running back in the league like i said um he's he's ridiculous he he has another level with the ball in his hand um you know first career 100 yard rushing game um you know you go up and down up and down the stat line the dude's the dude's a game changer and uh you know shout out to all those people that were just just moaning and groaning when we drafted him number eight i love it I kind of was one of those people, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to you guys <laughs> because uh, you know, I, I it's the perfect fit right now. Perfect fit. Yeah, he is. Um, he's he's been great, and uh, I didn't listen. I kind of moaned and groaned, but it wasn't because I thought he was going to be bad. I thought that um that he was going to be good, but. Running backs in the first round is kind of scared me. That's all. So, uh, but yeah, that, that was an easy 1-1 pick for Bijan. He was incredible. Had the huge play. And yeah, he's just like an athlete that uh, I haven't seen on the Falcons since like, I guess Calvin Ridley was a very good athlete, but he's not the type of athlete that Bijan is, I don't think. He's just, Bijan is just, the way he moves just doesn't seem right. <laughs> so 
yeah, he's incredible. Um, yeah, good pick. One, one pick for uh jock of the week. And for my Jack Pearson of the week, I'm going to go with an Atlanta brave. We've kind of been shitting on the Braves episode for being too good. So let's kind of appreciate them for being more good. Mine is going to be Michael Harris. He's just been so good. That's really what I want to get to. He's got an 821 OPS in the season now. Um, Back on, this is a long time ago, but on uh, June 6th, he had a 490 OPS. And then uh, the rest is kind of history. He hit that big home run against the Mets off of Adam Adovino and that crazy Mets series to put the Braves up in the eighth inning. And since then, Money Mike has a 945 OPS, 16 homers. He's batting 345. He has been unreal, really. Um, yeah, he's stolen 15 base in that span, elite center field defense. He's been one of the best players in baseball for about three months now. So uh, shout out to Michael Harris. I feel like he's kind of gone under the radar how hot he's gotten lately. And um, yeah, he's just, he's the same guy he was last year. And I think Michael Harris on the 22 Braves was the best player on that team. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I think he was the best player on the Braves last year. So uh, yeah, Money Mike, his first ever Jock Pearson of the week. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, Michael Harris is so underrated. I mean, he bats ninth and just yeah. slugs, just absolutely slugs um, and plays excellent defense. And for his OPS to get up to it over 800 after after the slow start he had 490 OPS. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's bad. That's yeah, really bad. <laughs> and now he's at 821. It is um quite the turnaround. It looked like he was just gonna have the worst sophomore slump ever, and uh, he is now having just a great season. Um, so uh, yeah, Jock Pierce week is Michael Harris. So you are now up with your Vic Beasley of the week. Yeah, so my, my Vic Beasley of the week is first half Arthur Smith. Oh, wow, okay. First half Arthur Smith, I, I, I'm i not sure what's going on, um, but but the play calling is just not there. He, he makes me so nervous on the sidelines. Um, the faces he makes are hilarious. Like uh, <laughs> the mustache. There's, something, there's something about his chin and mustache combo and, and his just like – neck that 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 just i don't know his, his whole his top half know, is throwing you off he's a hilarious guy to look at and uh it's not so funny when when you when you have six players from the one yard line and you can't score <laughs> um you know on, on top of that just um just some really you know questionable play calling in general i i don't understand um i don't know i i, I think we don't even try to pass the ball down the field sometimes. And, uh, you know, to have that threat in the first half, um, it, I just, I just wasn't feeling it. I, I think back to back weeks, you know, we scored what 10, uh, against the Panthers in the first half. And then, uh, you know, how, how many did we have in this first half? Nine. So yeah, it was 10, nine at halftime. Yeah. We've got to be better. We've got to be a lot better. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, second half Arthur Smith, that's a different guy. He's got the biggest balls uh, <laughs> in the league, man. Going for that in fourth down was was clutch. I just I just want to see some of that in the first half. Uh, get 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 the, you know, get Bijan the ball. Get your playmakers the ball. Get London the ball. Get get feed Pitt some more. I, I just I would like to see our playmakers get the ball some more and and not try to spread it out so much. That that that's my only complaint with uh, 
you know, this team and, and Arthur Smith's is his first half coaching. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely had some weird moments for sure. The weirdest one being at the goal line that, that we talked about earlier. That was not that wasn't very good. Um, but uh yeah, him he could be better in the first half for sure. Second half though, he's been pretty nails. I guess we did kind of kind of question the uh pitch to Bijan, but I think he kind of had the same thing, same thought process as us as it's Bijan. He can he's capable of doing this. So um yeah, I uh I'm with you. I'm with you. He hasn't been a disaster or anything, but he's definitely had some weird moments for sure. And um, but yeah, all is well that ends well. We're two and oh, and you know, he's learning too. I mean, I know it's his third year, but he hasn't had a good team yet. And this is finally has been. He's got to kind of learn the ropes as being a head coach of a competitive football team. He's never done it. And um, yeah, he's still he's still got things to learn too. Uh so uh, yeah. Good yeah. pick. Good pick. Um, for mine, kind of going back and forth between a couple of guys. Um, I don't know who to pick because neither of them I'm not actually like pissed at, but they could be better. Um, hmm. All right, whatever. I'll do another Braves one. I was, I will spoil. I was going to do Trey Flowers, but I just don't even think. I'd, I think when Clark Phillips is like ready to go. And Nakuda's healthy. He's not going to be getting too much playing time, so I'm not really going to give him too much thought. So Trey Flowers, you caught a little stray there, but you're not winning the award. I'm going to give it. We talked about him a lot earlier, actually. Brad Hand, um, you have a big role now, Brad, and you got to step up. And this is going to this is kind of a tough love one because I'm kind of worried about that. So yeah, on, yeah, like come on, Brad. Brad Hand, I know this wasn't what you were supposed to be doing but you're going to have to be doing it now. And uh, if we're in the fifth inning of a playoff game and you got to face Bryce Harper, but JT Realmuto is on deck, I know you can get Bryce Harper out, but you got to get Realmuto too. And I don't think you can. So hopefully if you're listening to this, I light a fire in your belly and um, get some righties out because with the three better minimum, it's tough to only get lefties out and only having that skill set. So yeah, I need you to not have every right-handed hitter come to the plate be an MVP against you. So there's my Vic Beasley of the week, Brad Hand. Nothing to do with – I don't care if he was bad against the Marlins. I really don't care about that. This is just for future reference. So Yeah, yeah. Brad Hand has one job. He has one job. He's, he's going to be coming in with two outs. There's going to be a right-handed batter up. I'm sorry, a left-handed batter up. And his yeah. job is to get that batter. And um, if he doesn't, things will go really haywire. <laughs> Yeah, really, really fast, really fast. Yeah. So, um, face face lefties, um, and get lefties out. You know, do your job, man. Come on, Brad. Yeah, I mean, and that uh game over or not overtime, extra innings game against the Phillies. He had um Stott and Marsh, both lefties, got them both out. Then he did get the righty Rojas out, but he's a rookie. You know, if he has to, like if we're playing the Phillies, he's got to face Real Muto, Castellanos, Trey Turner. I'm not loving it. Or even if he's for facing another team, like, I don't know for facing the Cubs and he's got to face Dansby. I don't like that. <laughs> so uh, whoever we play and whoever righties are on that team, I fear for Brad hand. So that's my Vic Beasley of the week, Brad hand, who's got, got weird nicknames on baseball reference. I guess he's just like a, a real bro. Cause his two nicknames are, Brotato and protein shake. So I don't know how he got those. (laughs) 
kind of interesting, but um, yeah, Brad Hand, be better. 33-year-old Brad Hand. <laughs> Great pick. Excellent pick, man. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't feel too great about it, which I guess is a good thing. There's no one to really that I'm really mad at. So it was really hard. It was really hard to pick yeah. Arthur Smith. Yeah, I mean, like I could have gone Trey Flowers. He was kind of you know pissing me off, but um, I don't know. When you get the dub, you know everything else is yeah. Just like, you forget it's all all all's what it ends well. So. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely. I I have a feeling like these last two weeks, these have been like too difficult. I think they might get harder. <laughs> the Falcons have had like, like there has not been enough bad yet. Like there's like, I'm not saying they're going to be bad, but there's going to be bad performances on the horizon from somebody. And with the Braves in the playoffs, like one mess up and you're, you're a shoe in for the Vic Beasley. So these next coming weeks, it's going to get a little easier to have these picks. We won't have to think as hard. I don't, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. We almost abandoned the segment three weeks in because I completely <laughs> forgot. But uh, that was a great catch by you. So now we can wrap the show up. Um, but before you do anything, anything else? Did I forget anything else? Anything else you got to get for chest? I do not. Um, you know, lines this week. We 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 got the the London game in two weeks. The so. London. Oh Lord, nine thirty a.m. Bright and early. Yeah, yeah. Get ready for that. Um, yeah, you know, expect, expect a little Braves, like really slow. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're, 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 we're fully locked into football right now. You know, this is nice. Um, enjoy, enjoy these Braves games because, you know, the stress is coming. Uh, It won't be like this forever. (laughs) I'm I'm telling you right now, the stress is coming. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's all I got, man. Yeah, I think in a couple weeks we can actually really dig into Braves playoff stuff, like opponent who's going to be on the roster, that kind of stuff. But I'm looking forward to that. That's always fun. Um, but uh, yeah, up until then, I think these next, what? So what is it through? Not next week, but the next week the Braves will be done. So not next week, but the next episode, we will do the Braves playoff deep dive, I I imagine. And uh, yeah, next week will probably be heavy Falcons, man. Falcons, Lions, maybe a future playoff matchup. You never know. Um, we'll see how that goes. Big game. They can go three and zero. That would be a huge deal and some crazy momentum for this team. So, uh, yeah, we will catch up with that next week. If you made it this far listening, we really, really appreciate it, and we will see you in the next one. 